The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. The wonderful Football Wednesday edition of You Better You Bet rolls on. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here with us on the BetQL Network. Awesome first hour of the show. Jay Billis and Mike Gallagher joining us to talk college hoops and the NBA, respectively. Last hour, pretty damn good also. Recapping last night's action in the NBA, college hoops, and the NHL. Spinning it forward, award markets, day-by-day betting. Uh, Very excited to bet the Dallas Mavericks tonight on the road at the Toronto Raptors. We'll give you all our bets for tonight, NBA, hockey, and college hoops at the end of the show. But before we get to the end of the show, a lot of National Football League coming up from myself and Ken Barkley. We will don the bucket hats 20 minutes from now. Eight buckets as we roll through win totals, our guesses for win totals for teams in the AFC. And we'll start with Gerard Mayo, Elliot Wolf, oh, and the New England and the New England Patriots, and then we'll go to uh, the Ravens, etc. in the AFC North. So that's coming up 20 minutes from now. But joining us right now, this is awesome because we've been talking a ton of uh, NFL Combine this week, starting to get excited for the NFL Draft, to bet on the NFL Draft, free agencies on the way, like a lot going on right now in the NFL offseason, even though you know the real ones know there is no NFL offseason. And joining us right now live from the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis is our good friend Pete Prisco from CBS Sports, CBS Sports NFL columnist and analyst, HQ, CBSSports.com, on Twitter at PriscoCBS. My friend, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, how is Indianapolis? It's uh, got a little chilly after being really warm, which is a surprise for Indianapolis at this time of the year, and nothing's happened so far. Uh, really? Nick has told Nick has told stories on the show before about because I, I I never worked like in the NFL or in NFL media before doing the show, so I I always kind of looked past this event on the calendar. I didn't even know anything kind of interesting was happening other than the obvious, like you'd see the draft guys working out and stuff. But Nick would always say, "No, it's actually like a crazy weekend, and you, you see." people kind of like mingling that you wouldn't expect. You see kind of NFL royalty everywhere, or at least people around a lot of the team's front offices. Just there's a lot of, you know, like gossip because there are so many people in one place. Like give us an idea of what of what you expect it to be like, even though nothing has happened yet. I mean, look, from that standpoint, Nick's 100% accurate. It's a, it's the biggest convention in the NFL, and, and everybody is around. You see them all because everything is walkable. You see them out at night at dinner. Um, because everybody has to eat. It's all in the confined area. It's the best spot ever for the combine. Uh, and it is a big, giant convention. And, you know, you see side deals where guys are, you know, meeting with agents and trying to get a free agent deal done on the sly, even though you're not supposed to. Uh, so, yeah, from that standpoint, 100% Nick is accurate. Yeah, it's I, I kind of miss it. It was my favorite event every year on the NFL calendar when I worked for a decade at uh, at NFL Radio. Uh, Pete, let's get to the good stuff here. Um, you're always super in tune with what's going on in the National Football League, and now you're there, like with all the decision makers, like coaches, GMs, you know, uh, compatriots of yours in the NFL media. So I, I'm sure you've heard a lot. Maybe it's obvious, and that's totally okay if, if that's going to be the answer to some of these questions. And what kind of like what we think is going to happen. Also, let's start here with the Chicago Bears. Well, the first overall pick in the draft, Ryan Poles. 
their GM spoke to the media yesterday on Tuesday. Basically, he said, I have nothing to reveal right now, but the thought the thought is like he's going to trade Justin Fields at some point in the next like two weeks, right? And we think they're going to take Caleb Williams first overall. What do you think we're going to see coming up, Pete? What are you hearing about what the Chicago Bears are going to do here in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I think they're leaning to trading Justin Fields. Now, what they get for him and where he goes, that remains to be seen. But I think Atlanta would make a lot of sense because he's an Atlanta guy uh, and they need a quarterback. So I think that's a possibility. When you get four, maybe a two, uh, maybe conditional, you know, three that could work to a two, something along those lines. Um, And then you go from there. You say, okay, you got the number one overall pick. Do you want Caleb Williams? What I would do, this is just me, what I would do is I would try and make the Washington commanders trade up to get that pick because they want Caleb Williams. Cliff Kingsbury's there now. Uh, They have a new owner, new coach, new general manager. Go get the new quarterback who also happens to be from the D.C. area. And then you trade down and you get to number two and you take Jaden Daniels. That's what I would do. I'd get extra picks, trade down and get Jaden Daniels because I personally don't think there's that much difference between the two of them. Uh, And so from that standpoint, I would get extra picks. You might get two twos and a three to move down a spot and still get a quarterback who I think is going to be really good in the NFL. Pete, in the NFC North, we just talked about the Bears, and are they going to have the same starting quarterback they had last year? Sounds like sounds like no. Sounds like they're going to trade Justin Fields. Curious if you think the Minnesota Vikings will have their starting quarterback, Kirk Cousins, back last year, uh, back uh, this year. Uh, obviously, got hurt last year uh, in negotiating a contract. But Nick made this point yesterday. Just thinks Cousins is going to go wherever the most money is, wherever he's offered the most. Do you think that's Minnesota? How could you see this playing out? Well, it's interesting. If Fields somehow were to go to Atlanta, that would take them off the market for Kirk Cousins. So what leaves, what, what's out there for him? The Raiders? Is that an attractive option for Kirk Cousins and his family? I doubt it. Uh, so where else could he go? And, and so from that standpoint, I think, yes, he does go back to Minnesota. Now the question becomes, what kind of deal does he get? Uh, does he get a two-year deal and they still draft a quarterback? Because they're eyeing a young quarterback. They have to get younger at that position. Uh, they just hired, you know, Josh McCown. He was the Drake Mays coach in college. Uh, so there's some of that. I also hear J.J. McCarthy would love to go to Minnesota. Uh, and he's a guy that most NFL people have higher on their boards than the draft Knicks do. So uh, I think there's some possibilities there. But if Fields goes to Atlanta, I think that takes that off the table for Kirk Cousins, which doesn't actually help him in terms of the bargaining power. What would you say, Pete, right now? This can be a pencil, not pen answer. The percent chances that Kirk Cousins is back as the starting quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings? 70%. At least for a year. At least for a year. Um, and, and again, and Ken, my contract, answer was like 65%, right? I said 65% when we talked about this yesterday, Pete, on the show. Yeah, I think, I think, I think it makes sense to bring him back. I mean, it, it, they found out what life was like without him last year when you got to play the Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins of the world. So I think it's, it, it makes sense to bring him back. You just don't want to go crazy with the contract, A. He's coming off an Achilles tendon. Uh, but I think if you can work something out with a two-year deal and still find a way to draft a quarterback, then I think that's the ideal scenario for the Vikings. How dare you, by the way, disrespect the great Jaron Hall, who also started a game last year for the uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. Pete, one other quarterback situation I want to touch on here. Maybe this is conspiracy theory by me, and I know some other people have floated this out. Pro Football Talks' Mike Florio wrote about it uh, yesterday morning on Tuesday morning. I found it really curious 
that the Arizona Cardinals put out that social media post. Kyler Murray is our franchise quarterback. Like, duh. Like, he signed a huge extension like 18 months ago. Like, that, that tied him to the desert for a really long time. And I saw that, and I did, like, the Brian Windhorse meme. Like, why would they do that? Maybe Kyler's on the market. And I know there would be some teams that would be interested in Kyler Murray. It, is that crazy talk, Pete, that Kyler Murray could be play elsewhere next season? Have you heard anything about the Arizona Cardinals shopping their starting quarterback? Have not heard that they are shopping him. It would not be crazy. Remember, this is not a regime that brought him in there, and that's never uh, a situation where a, a GM comes in where you're shocked when they make a move to go trade him. So it's not shocking. But I'll say this. I, I, in talking to some people around the league, they thought Kyler Murray was actually pretty darn good last year in that offense. And it was an offense that he seemed to be real comfortable with. You know, there were some questions about the Cliff Kingsbury offense when he was in that. Uh, he looked much better last year at times that team was competitive in a lot of games i think they feel pretty good about him so would it shock me no in large part because they didn't draft him but uh again i thought that and you hear from arizona people that he played to better i think than even they expected for that offense Pete, we did a, an entire segment, I think it was on Monday, because right before we came on the air at 3 o'clock Eastern, just a host of news stories, push notifications came out about star running backs, who obviously have kind of the position's been devalued, and, you know, they're not getting the big contracts that they used to get. And we kind of even did this on our show, like whether it's, you know, Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs or Tony Pollard or Derrick Henry, like from a fantasy football standpoint, these are huge, everybody knows these guys, they're huge names, they get drafted in fantasy football. Could, could you see one of those guys plugging into like a contender spot? where they make a team better, the Chargers were a team we talked about, maybe that wants a running back. What about Saquon and some of the other running backs, maybe where they land? Saquon's been one of those guys that has been mentioned when it comes to the Chargers, but I think the Chargers have to look at it from they have cap problems, A, uh, and they have so many other needs that I don't think they can afford to go pay a running back when you could just draft one and run them into the ground. And look, Harbaugh you know, is a guy that likes running backs, uh, who are productive and, and young running backs. So I, I don't think they'll be one to pay them. Now, that's not discounting it 100%. How about Saquon Barkley to the Houston Texans? You know, that might sound crazy, but they're running back Singletary's an unrestricted free agent. If you're sitting there with C.J. Stroud in that offense, you'd like to get a back who can be good in the passing game, which Barkley can be, uh, and he can run the ball between the tackles. I, I think Barkley to the Texans would make a ton of sense uh, for a young team that's looking to get a feature back into their offense. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Wednesday, talking the National Football League with Pete Prisco from CBS Sports, live from the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Pete on Twitter at Prisco CBS. Pete, give us something that you've heard over the last couple of days in Indianapolis where maybe like the conventional wisdom, like the things that people are expecting to happen coming up in the first round, top 10, top 15 of the NFL draft, that you think that something different might happen um, that a lot of people are expecting right now. Have you heard anything that makes you think, hmm, I, I think people are going to be surprised come the end of April? Would you be surprised by four quarterbacks in the top nine? Because I think that's a strong possibility. And, again, I go back to McCarthy. And, by the way, I'm not on this train because I don't th – I, I, just because you win a national championship and win a lot of games doesn't necessarily mean you're a top quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. I think there's better options in the third round if you want to try and take that tactic. But I, the NFL loves J.J. McCarthy more, like I said, more than maybe people on the outside think they do. Uh, so I think four quarterbacks – 
in the top nine is is definitely a possibility. Pete, another quarterback question. I know Nick asked you about Kyler Murray. We did Fields. We did rookie quarterback where they're going to slot in some of these rookie quarterbacks who get drafted. I made a probably a really dumb bet the day after the Super Bowl, and it was just a really big price, right? It was a flyer on a team with the idea that they might upgrade their quarterback room. And I, I actually bet the Pittsburgh Steelers 100, because they were 100 to 1. If they were less than that, I wouldn't have bet them to win the Super Bowl, thinking like maybe there's a chance that it's not Kenny Pickett next year. And they've been closely linked with Russell Wilson, who obviously started some games last year for the Denver Broncos. For Denver and Pittsburgh, who maybe are involved in a Wilson deal, what do you expect? Who is going to start week one for both of those teams next year, Pittsburgh and Denver? I think Denver will uh, will definitely have a new quarterback. They, that Russell Wilson will be gone in a week. And by the way, I'm not sure Russell Wilson's a starting quarterback in the NFL anymore. And and so you know, look, he he, he left bad blood behind in in Seattle. He left he left a lot of it behind with the Broncos, and or he will when he gets released. But uh, you know, he might just be a backup in the NFL. Although in Pittsburgh. Is you know that their quarterback situation is such a mess that it's possible that he could come in there and compete with those guys and win the job. But I don't think he's getting. I don't think he's getting a big contract from anybody. He might get a one-year deal, and particularly he doesn't care because he has that other contract and that money coming from the Broncos. But as far as who's going to start for the Broncos, it will be they will do both. I know this. They will do one uh, both things. They will draft a quarterback at some point in this draft, and they will. Uh, also bring in a veteran, and they will take that young quarterback and take it slow. That doesn't mean they'll take him in the first round, but they will get a quarterback in this draft, no question about it. And I hear they, they're one of the teams that actually likes J.J. McCarthy, so he's a possibility for the Denver Broncos. Pittsburgh, I, you know, Fields is a name that had been mentioned there as well, but I, you, know, you start hearing rumblings that Atlanta's going to end up being the Fields destination. So I, I still think veteran, and it might be Russell Wilson, uh, and those guys will compete with them. Pete, we got about 45 seconds to go here. Just to follow, and again, another pencil, not pen answer. You said you wouldn't be surprised if four quarterbacks went in the top nine of the NFL draft. So I'll, I'll, here's the draft order. Chicago's first, Washington second, New England third, Arizona four, Chargers five, my Giants six, Tennessee seven, Atlanta eight, and the Bears have their second first-round pick at number nine. What four teams, Pete, do you think select quarterbacks in the top nine under your hypothetical, assuming potential trade-ups, et cetera? Give me the four most likely teams you think will select those quarterbacks in the top nine. Have about 30 seconds for the answer. Washington, Chicago, New England, and Atlanta. Those are my four. Okay. Not the uh, not the Giants. Okay. What about the Chargers? <laughs> but they got a pretty good one so so you think one through three right now that they just stand pad and the top three teams take quarterbacks or they move like i said the possibility of moving down you know you, you get you, you still see the quarterbacks go but it goes williams to washington chicago takes daniels and then uh and then maybe new england takes drake may and then you have number nine depending on what atlanta does if they don't make the move to go get uh, fields or cousins, then they would they would take a quarterback as well. But you know, I, I think that's kind of the easy ones to try and pick and choose where the quarterbacks go. And I do think four of them go in the top ten. Ten seconds to go. Final question: What's the percent chance right now the New England Patriots pick a quarterback at three? If they don't, it, it's moronic. So I'd say eighty percent. Eighty percent. Twenty percent, they're morons. Pete, <laughs> I heard. Uh, I heard Pete's going to St. Elmo's tonight. Pete, enjoy the shrimp cocktail. The great Pete Prisco joining us here on You Better You Bet. Stay well. Enjoy Andy. We'll talk to you soon. You got it.
Coming up next, we will don the bucket hats. Eight buckets. We will guess win totals coming up in the AFC. And we will start with the possibly dumb New England Patriots. This organization has had a lot of success over the years for a long time. And there have been many teams that, you know, they have one good year and then they're out for three years. One thing I learned from coaches and from, from Thunder is about just surrounding yourself with good people, right? Surrounding yourself with good people. Now, as far as our staff and, and things like that, we're going to be good. We're going to be a lot better. Now, Bill always says this, managing expectations. For me, I'm not trying to be Bill. I'm not trying to be Bill. I think that Bill is his own man. Uh, if you can't tell by now, I'm a little bit different even up here. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Gerard Mayo, we're going to be good. Also, Gerard Mayo, we want to we wanna manage expectations. Well, yep. Good work. Okay. Uh, that the voice of new New England Patriots head coach Gerard Mayo, obviously replacing the great Bill Belichick. And we'll see if Belichick uh, becomes a head coach in the National Football League again. He won't be one this season. And Elliot Wolf, oh, Ron's son. That's actually true. He is Ron Wolf's son. Uh, now uh, the final decision maker, not the GM in title, but essentially the general manager for the New England Patriots, who will the third overall pick in the draft. Patriots owner Robert Kraft, in like a letter to season ticket holder, said this is the most exciting offseason that we've had in a long time, probably because they haven't had a quarterback at the top of the draft in forever since Drew Bledsoe, and now have an opportunity to take one, obviously, here. And Pete Prisco telling you he thinks there's an 80% chance the Patriots will take a quarterback with a third overall pick in the draft. We will start uh, giving you our win total guesses for teams in the AFC, starting with the Patriots, then we'll move to the AFC North. But Power Hour, final hour, coming up next hour here on the show. We'll roll through all our bets for tonight. So if you're here for the bets, you will get them, but not yet. Coming up next hour here on the show. But uh, let's get some win totals here, Ken. And let's start with the New England Patriots. Uh, again, with the third pick in the draft. I I think it might be a little less than 80% that the Patriots take a quarterback with the third pick. But I think it's probably like if you're setting a betting market, it's the favorite that they would, they would take one. Um, worth noting, Mac Jones. Mac Jones is working out every day at the team facility and you've got like ex-Patriot players kind of like really pumping up Mac Jones, like deserving another chance with better oh, skill position players. To me, it feels like that ship has sailed big time and I don't think you see Bailey Zappi start another game for this team, barring injury here. So if I guess we have to assume, right, it's rookie starting quarterback and that'll kind of color our decision, right? What we think about potential win total for New England in a division with three teams, the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins, we all think we'll have win totals in the double digits potentially, right? Maybe the Jets would be nine and a half, but more likely to be 10. So what do you think we see here coming up for the New England Patriots, Ken? A really low number. <laughs> Maybe the <laughs> lowest number. No, seriously, like probably the lowest number, right? There's a couple other teams that you could see have really low numbers in the win total market. Uh, Carolina will certainly have a really low number. Washington will have a very, very, very low number. First year with Dan Quinn. They'll probably start a rookie quarterback, uh, maybe even in week one, like what New England might do. And we don't know if New England's going to do that, but, you know, they'd be at the top of your list for who's going to start a rookie quarterback in week one. So, yeah, I think, you know, the, the market for who will have the lowest win total at open, maybe make the Patriots a favorite. And because versus those other teams play in this division, all six games, God, like a touchdown underdog or more sometimes, depending on how bad they are in all six division games. Um, so what I do with every team, we did this yesterday, just a few statistical kind of particulars about 
how the team played last year. Just so if you're listening and you're like, well, what would I make the number? Would I make it this? Would I make it this? This could kind of help frame that discussion. Uh, New England last year, obviously, they have the third overall pick. It means they didn't win a lot of games. Uh, they won four of them which is not very much. Uh, they had a Pythagorean expectation. All that is is based on how much you score and allow, kind of like what you play like. Uh, they played like about a four-and-a-half win team last year, which is, again, not very good. Uh, Schedule-wise, we mentioned the difficulty of the division they play in. Their division, the AFC East, all plays a certain similar set of uh, teams based on how the division cross-matches work. They'll play the NFC West and the AFC South. It's a pretty average pairing. It's not too difficult. It's not too easy. Um... Every team will also play a kind of a, what I call a bonus opponent, which is an opponent that only they play and the team that they play against. Uh, and for the Patriots, that's the Chicago Bears, which is not bad. Ooh, Some teams okay. have drawn, you know, Kansas City. Kansas City drew San Francisco, for example. Rut row, you know, like here's the best team in the league uh, in the regular season from a rating standpoint. New England draws Chicago, which isn't totally bad. Um, here's here's where they just get, they catch a brutal break, though. So they finish last in their division. And usually, well, not usually, when you finish last in your division, you get the other last place finishers and the other AFC divisions on your schedule. Usually that's a good thing. Usually those teams you want. Like, oh, good, here's a chance to get out of the gutter. We play all the other gutter teams. Like, great. Okay, who came in last in the two divisions that the Patriots will have to play? Uh, well, the Bengals came in last in the AFC North, so New England has to play Cincinnati with Joe Burrow back, and the Chargers came in last in the AFC West, so the Patriots have to play the Chargers. So, like, in a... in the most brutal scheduling imaginable, you get a, quote, last place schedule that has, like, two teams that are, like, among the favorites to win the Super Bowl and two quarterbacks that are, like, two of the favorites to win most valuable player. As you're like, oh, like, who do we get for coming in last? The best teams. Oh, no. <laughs> Which, again, this leads me to, like, the number is going to be impossibly low. Like, it's going to be a really low number. My, usually in the NFL, just with how win totals work, even though we've added a game to the schedule, it is extremely rare to see a number lower than something like four and a half. This is essentially where the Cardinals existed for much of the offseason last year. There were occasionally fours and like heavily juiced over three and a halfs. But that was a team, you have to remember, people thought the Cardinals were going to intentionally lose games last year to get the to get as good of a draft pick as possible. Um we don't think the Patriots are going to intentionally lose games. We just think they're going to be really bad. Uh, I think a number like five makes a lot of sense for them going into this year, uh, especially the division they play in and, as we mentioned, their schedule. What would you want to do right now? Win total of five. Let's say the starting quarterback is Jaden Daniels or Drake May, whatever, either one. I don't want to bet the under, and I, I for now I'd probably do nothing. Uh, I, I don't know if I would have a strong also. opinion. Well, because what am I basing a decision off of? A quarterback that I've never seen in the NFL and a coach that I've never seen in the NFL be a head coach. How am I making an informed decision with absolutely no evidence? Not even like a little bit of evidence, like, like zero. Quarterbacks never played, coaches never coached. That's a tough combination. Maybe you play up in that way. Maybe you play like, well, the market's rating them like they're going to be the worst team in the league. They just have to not be that. Um, and we can have a conversation about Mayo and coach of the year, which I think is actually pretty interesting too. But yeah, I mean, like if I think the number is going to be five, I think that's about right. And then we did this yesterday for people who didn't do the segments. Like if we're wrong, are we wrong down a half or up? A we're probably pretty close. Are we wrong down a half win and it's four and a half or up a half win and it's five and a half. Did you, did you think five also? And what would your answer be to that question? I think it, we'd be wrong down to four and a half. Well, that's that's insulting. <laughs> that's a, a four and Do half you is, disagree? That's a rough number. Uh, but just like and and like just to be clear, like the, the Patriots too? could be on paper. Yeah, exactly. 
and the division. Like, it's brutal. Yeah. I mean, we already know. So, Cincinnati Chargers in the cross matches, the last place games. Uh, they'll play, we know they'll play Houston. We know they'll play San Francisco. And we know they'll play all the teams in their division twice. So, six, seven, eight, nine. That's nine games where no matter where the game is played, you're more than a field goal underdog in the game. More than half the schedule. You're definitely a field goal underdog to start the season. And you're way more than that in some of those games. Like, you're if they're bad and they're at Buffalo, that's 14. Like, that's what that number is. I mean, I just it's real. Like, if they're really this bad, like a five-win team, and they go to Buffalo, or they go to Miami, and Miami's got the best offense in the league again, and they're cooking, uh, Aaron Rodgers, God forbid Aaron Rodgers is good, then the, then you go to the, you know, go to, go to MetLife, where, you know, the team that you beat consistently forever, and uh, and you'll be, you know, 10, more than 10 in that game, probably, as an underdog, if you're this bad. So, yeah, I think that's part of what uh, what creates the projection. But uh, I, I will say, like, the, the bull case for them is... We will never have seen the quarterback, and we will never have seen the coach. So they can be a lot of things. Some of those are bad, but some of them are good. Do you prefer mayo or mustard? Totally depends on what we're talking about, sandwich-wise. I, I tell you, I, I like, do find like a, it. I like guess a deli like, sandwich? Sure. It's really close. It is close. Uh, I, I'll just say I, I'm not one of those people that's like, well, I hate mayo or i hate mustard no i i'm a fan of all the condiments really enjoy all of them uh i'll say mustard i feel like i use that more on sandwiches and mayo i want like on an italian sub sometimes or something not italian sub but it's something with italian meats mayo kind of goes with some of that stuff basic deli sandwich i'll go mustard instead and mustard you can't put mayo on a hot dog i i, w I will say i do find it and look people can like whatever they like like i there are some like my wife hates ketchup there are some people that hate that hate certain things. I I think mayo gets a bad rap. I mayo is like delicious. I would never like eat like a spoonful of mayo. I wouldn't do that of mustard either. Like mustard right. on like a turkey sandwich, it's absolutely delicious. It's, yeah, it's, I'm, a, uh, I'm a mayo like fan. Like sour eggs with like vinegar, you know. Like it's, no, I don't want a spoonful of that. <laughs> no, I don't want. What's that. the uh? What's what's the best condiment overall? Uh, I mean, it like does it have to be ketchup? I don't even eat a lot of ketchup, and I still think it's probably ketchup. Because, like, I how could ketchup. it not be ketchup? Yeah. I think I go with Tabasco sauce, I think, is my number one. That's a really good one. That's definitely, I don't think it's underrated, because it's probably a lot of people really like it. But you you can put Tabasco sauce on a, just a really large number of things and make, and oh, make those and things I do. better. Yeah, and make those and things I do. a lot, a lot better. In <laughs> like, fact, way I put better. it on... I put it on so many things that I have to take stomach pills because I enjoy it yeah. so much and have and for my entire anyway. life. And right. I and I eat it anyway because guess what? It's not like if I if a doctor said to me, you know, Nick, if you just cut Tabasco out of your diet, you'll live forever. I'd consider it, but but I'm gonna die. So damn it, I'm going down with Tabasco <laughs> right. sauce. This is what it is. Pass the bottle. Uh, okay. All right. Those so so that's the new yeah, so. so that's yeah. the New England Patriots. So I guess we'll we'll settle on five, but I. I don't think I'd do anything at five. I guess that's the right number then for the Patriots. Can I, uh, can I give you something on, on not, not Mayo the condiment, but Mayo the coach here real quick? I, I think what, one way that this team is potentially interesting is uh, we did this with coach of the year, but I'll just, as we get to the teams and the coaches again, I'll just say it again. Like <laughs> you have to, you have to almost like turn your brain inside out when you think about coach of the year, because you, you actually have to ask yourself, what is a team that I think will almost certainly be bad? Well, then I want to bet that coach to win coach of the year because we're all going to think that team is going to be really bad. And then when they're good, then the guy wins. 
Like, did we think the Giants were going to make the playoffs a couple of years ago? Absolutely not. Well, Nick maybe did because he's a Giants fan. Absolutely not. Oh, no, I didn't. Dave, I did not. Dable, year one, win total in the toilet. They go on to make the playoffs. Oh, my God, can you believe it? Yeah, that's how you win Coach of the Year. Oh, my God, can you believe it? Uh, last year, two different coaches in different ways. Oh, my God, can you believe it? Houston won the division. Think about it. We were talking about Houston in this conversation a year ago. The team with one of the lowest win totals in the league. They draft and, CJ and Stroud. This, right? The rookie yeah. quarterback and, and head coach we've never seen before. A quarterback and exactly. coach we haven't seen. Ryans and Stroud, very low win total. Now, Stroud has one of the best rookie seasons ever. There's no guarantee whoever the Patriots draft is going to have a season like that. D'Amico Ryans, defensive coordinator for the Niners, was the head coach. Look, really low win total. Uh, we, we Nick and I didn't bet the over. We didn't think they were going to be as good as they were. But you can see, again, oh, my God, can you believe it? The Texans won the division. And you'd be like, well, Stefanski won. Oh, my God, can you believe it? They won with five quarterbacks. Like, it's the same thing. You're just looking for some. Is it just, does it happen during the season or before the season? That's all that this is. Vrabel wins with the Titans. You'll be like, well, Mike Vrabel won. Oh my God, can you believe it? The Titans are the one seed with everyone missing a ton of games. Like that's It's, it's always surprising. It's always surprising. It's never expectation. It's never like a hype team that actually lives up to it. It's never those things. So... It's not that the Patriots are the only team that fits this description, but the Patriots are definitely, I mean, be really honest with yourself. If they were good, would you be shocked? Yes, we would be totally shocked. They stink. So, gotta take them seriously to win. In in one of the most galaxy brain takes ever, would you be shocked if they were good? Yes, I think they'll be terrible. Great, now now maybe you should go bet them to win Coach of the Year. Because that's what it involves. And we see it literally every single year in the National Football League. All right, so that's the New England Patriots, which means we can move past the AFC East. Uh, and we'll get back to this when we do eight buckets, obviously, a little later in the season. So now we'll move to the AFC North, and we'll carry this conversation into the final segments of this hour. We won't finish it here. And we'll talk about the number one seed in the AFC this past season, uh, who had the MVP, the second MVP award, and that is Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so here's what we've seen thus far this offseason from Baltimore after the losing in the AFC title game to Kansas City. Their defensive coordinator, uh, highly touted Mike McDonald, leaves to become the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Like young Zachary Orr in like his early 30s, who just like got done playing in the National Football League. Bobby Zach Orr will be the new... <laughs> will be the new defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. And here's where they stand right now with terms of some of their free agents. Justin Matabuke, like really young interior pass rusher who's awesome. Um, Eric DaCosta, Ravens GM, saying at the Combine yesterday on Tuesday that they're they're going to keep him. Like they'll either franchise tag him, sign him to a long-term deal. He'll play in Baltimore next season. They won't let him hit the market. Patrick Queen is going to be a free agent, and I know they're – People feel differently about kind of Patrick Queen and as a player, but I, I feel like he kind of matters for the Baltimore defense. On offense, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards going to be free agents, and Odell Beckham a free agent as well for the Baltimore Ravens. And John Harbaugh, like in a quote that made fantasy football players laugh yesterday, said, yeah, we think Rashad Bateman's going to take the next step this season. What year is this? It'd be like, what, like, what like is 2099. The, what's the next step? What's the next step being well, relevant? Like 30 catches. Like yeah. 30 catches. That would, that would be some kind of step yeah, for Rashad Bateman. Yeah. So I, I, it kind of feels like the offseason not setting up great and hasn't been great thus far for the Ravens. They'll obviously have a lofty win total next season. Do we think they'll exceed it? What do we think that number is going to be? We'll talk about it on the other side, and Ken will tell you about the Baltimore Ravens schedule. Then we'll get to the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Browns as eight buckets continues here on a Wednesday. Nick and Ken, you better, you bet. 
We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Jim Nance with the call in the AFC Championship game. Uh, maybe my favorite game of the entire NFL season, uh, betting-wise at least, was Kansas City winning that game on the road in Baltimore. It was, uh, it was really awesome. It was a good one. We'll talk about the ball. It was, that was a good one. It was really good. <laughs> my other thought is I, yeah. I'm starting to hate almost every bed that we come back from break with. Oh, I think I'm tired of like all the music. Oh, the Next music. Next week, spring yeah. cleaning. Yeah. Okay. We'll put it on, put it on the docket. We certainly have spring enough segments to fill. I think we'll find some time. <laughs> God, I mean, so many, so, so many segments. Uh, for the people out there watching on Stadium, we appreciate you. This is our final segment for the day on Stadium. So if you want to check out the final hour, the power hour, I'd recommend it. Going to give you all our bets for tonight. Head on over to Twitch, twitch.tv backslash betql, twitch.tv backslash betql for the final 60 minutes of the show. And if you're watching us right now, and if you're not watching us, shame on you. But if you're listening to us on the radio and podcast form, uh, you are not able to see, unfortunately for you, that we are wearing our resplendent Eight Buckets Bucket Hats. The good news is, though, you can buy the Eight Buckets Bucket Hat on YouBetterYouBetShop.com, along with hats, t-shirts, and more. All sorts of good stuff. All your You Better You Bet merchandise, all your favorite slogans. YouBetterYouBetShop.com. YouBetterYouBetShop.com. All right. Let's talk Ravens here, Ken. Uh, I set the stage before we went to the last break about their offseason losing Mike McDonald and some players they may lose in free agency. And they obviously had an amazing regular season last year. Win total is going to be high again. Uh, just how high do we think it's going to be? So talk to us about the Ravens schedule, and then let's make some guesses. Yeah, obviously a, a team that will be rated really, really highly next year. Just uh, when you put that rating against the schedule, what number do you end up with? Is it the highest number in the league? Probably not. It's probably in that second tier after what will likely be San Francisco. And I'm curious to have that discussion when we get to the Niners. How high of a number are we talking about here, uh, depending on what else happens in the division? What's Seattle look like going into next year? Stuff like that. What's Arizona? What if Arizona trades Kyler Murray? And now the Niners are favored by like a touchdown in every single game that they play or something like that. But uh, for the Ravens, uh, pretty interesting kind of setup here. Uh, obviously, like same coach, same quarterback from last year. Uh, a coach and a quarterback that get a ton of respect in the betting market, especially the coach like that predates Lamar Jackson, obviously, and been there for a number of years. They win a lot of games all the time, and that'll frequently be reflected in their win total at the start of the year. Um, last year, they won 13 games. I think everybody knows Lamar won MVP. Uh, they played like, so their Pythagorean expectation, they played like about a 13-win team, a little more than 13, so sort of an authentic 13 wins, if you want to think about it that way. Uh, they're any way you take their season stats just last season and slice them up you're gonna get something that looks awesome that looks like the best team in the league um dvoa they were fourth in offense and first in defense like a preposterous combination um again part of what created that first in offense is the coordinator who's not there anymore but part of what created it is the talent and a lot of those guys are still there um and some of them are getting older and maybe getting better like kyle hamilton for example so fourth in, fourth in offense and first in defense you keep the you keep the quarterback you keep the coach you keep a lot of the defense it's going to be a really good team unless they get have a lot of bad injury luck, right? Uh, from a schedule standpoint, um, you'll get to see them against a lot of the best teams in the league, which is awesome as a fan, right? So uh, they draw the AFC North, their two division cross matches. So everybody in the AFC North will play everybody in the AFC West and everybody in the NFC East. Those will be the two cross matches, which means, and I'll do Baltimore's their first place schedule, uh, they'll play Buffalo and Houston will be their kind of uh, extra opponents in the AFC. And 
I don't really know why well, I know how this happened, but it's just funny that this is the game. Their quote, like bonus opponent, like their 17th game that nobody else gets uh, is Tampa Bay, which is just really funny. Uh, Tampa Bay won the NFC South. So it, it is kind of fun. You'll get to see, well, you're going to see the Ravens play Tampa Bay. I don't think anybody even wants to see that, but you'll see the Ravens play Mahomes and the Chiefs. You'll see the Ravens play Justin Herbert and the Chargers. You'll see them play Josh Allen and the Bills, Stroud and the Te- basically the entire MVP watch list, Stroud and the Texans, and you'll see them play the Eagles and the Cowboys, which will be really fun next year. So we'll have Ravens-Cowboys, which we don't have very often, and Ravens-Eagles, which will be really fun too. Uh, that being said, what do I think the number will be in the market as a guess just to start with? Um, your starting point against a really like best-rated team in the league against a tough schedule is probably something like 11 would be my guess. Um, and it would be higher. Like, again, people are going to hear that and be like, how is it not higher? You just told us they're like the best team ever last year. Because uh, they won't be as big a favorite as the Niners will be in a lot of the games that they play, basically. And that'll just be the difference. So I think 11, maybe 11 and a half is a good starting point. Uh, I think if it were 11 and a half, I'd want to bet the under. So I think ele- I, I, I think 11 is the right number. It's tough to, for just frame of reference for people... We, we've only had a few years of the 17-game schedule. Otherwise, we have, like, tons of history of how teams are rated for a 16-game schedule. Um, you don't really see... You don't see teams rated, like, four or worse or four and a half very often on the low end. And on the high end, like, you'll see a 12, but, like, you won't see a lot of them. Even the best teams. Like, Mahomes, a couple times, has been in the 11 and a half, 12, 12 and a half range, I think. Uh, the Niners last year were in 11 and a half. It just kind of gives you an idea, like, what's the top? The Bengals were in 11 and a half last year before Burrow got hurt, before the season started. Um, that kind of gives you an idea of what the top end is, usually. So I think viewing the Ravens as, like, in the top end, but maybe not exactly at the top end, is uh, a good way to think about it. What would you want to do right now? And, like, things can change, obviously, but win total, if it were 11 and a half for Baltimore. Um, well, I'll tell you what I would hope would happen. This dodges the question a little bit. Because, like, it's this coach-quarterback tandem. I can't just be like, well, I don't buy it under. Like, great, Mike McDonald's awesome. Also, this team wins a billion games all the time. So, like, of course they can do it again. Um, I, I guess my thing would be... They're going to the Ravens and the Bills are linked together in this historical way where they have chosen to basically like they, they've they now both run into Mahomes in the playoffs. One's one into run into Mahomes multiple times. Now the Bills and both of kind of like his fiercest AFC challengers have, you know, along with the Bengals, uh, the Bills and the Ravens have chosen to just run it back again, coach quarterback wise. And it's not like the, like the Ravens were not going to change Harbaugh or Lamar Jackson. That wasn't going to happen. But the Bills stuck with McDermott for now. The and Bills could have done back. it. The Ravens could they have done it. And so you got these same tandems like, well, we haven't beaten them yet. Let's try the same thing again. And you would never blame Baltimore for doing this. Of course, they they just had a great season. But um, no quarterback coach tandem that's ever been together as long as either of these has ever gone to a Super Bowl or won it. It's never happened. And part of it is that tandems don't stick together for a very long time. They usually don't have a sustained run of success. Or if they do, they go to a freaking Super Bowl. <laughs> but these teams haven't done it because Mahomes has been there. So they've been as good as they can be without 
being Patrick Mahomes. And so they're kind of in this weird historical no man's land where you're just going to keep running it back and keep running it back because it's going really well. You just keep running into, especially in the Bills case, this guy who's the best of all time. And uh, and so to me, it's kind of like, well, what do I do with two teams like that where they are historical outliers? Nobody ever wins doing this. You ne- never win running your head into the wall over and over again. The same. You change something. And then by changing something, maybe you find something that works in terms of a postseason Super Bowl appearance, win a Super Bowl sense. Um can they overcome that? Is it just a matter of they need things to break the right way and they're there, they just need something to break the right way or maybe Mahomes gets knocked off by somebody else and they go and they win. It's happened to, you know, Cincinnati was able to do it themselves when they lost to the Rams. Maybe that's what it is, but they're interesting because in the futures market, they will be viewed as like strong contenders the entire season. They're going to win a lot of games and the Ravens might end up being one of the favorites at the end of the season. Do you buy that this tandem is the tandem that can do that and even go to the game, much less win the Super Bowl. So I think they're both, both Buffalo and Baltimore, who we've done already, are really interesting in that. So what do I hope happens? I kind of hope they win a lot and I kind of might be against them again and that them being really good will open up opportunities to bet somebody else. Yeah, I think it's a really, and like I, look, Kansas City, Baltimore again next year. Are people really going to do this again with the Baltimore Ravens against Mahomes? exactly. Come on. Team I bet last time. Team I bet last time. Like, you know, assume like Watson health, and I know the Browns went to the playoffs, but assume Watson health, assume the Steelers are going to have a better starting option next year, assume Burrow health. It's just like, I don't know, I think it's a tough ass for Baltimore to win that many regular season games again. Um, and like 11 wins is still a great season. Um, I I think 11 is the right number. I'd be interested in the under Ken at 11 and a half. So we want to settle at 11 here for Baltimore as being the right answer? Yeah, I think with the with the division, like they play in the toughest division and it'll, it'll get tougher because you, you figure the Steelers are upgraded at quarterback. You figure the Browns will have better health. And the Ravens were able to catch those teams all off their game a little bit. You know, Burrow got hurt. Browns had five quarterbacks. Steelers had Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. Like, it's it's probably not going to be like that again. So I think 11, uh, you know, basically for them to be worse than they were last year is uh, totally reasonable. How would you um? How would you change your mind if Justin Matabuke signed elsewhere and played elsewhere next season, nine and a half. Uh, yeah, just like these. These are the kinds of news stories that, like you, uh, you, like you always bring them up, and it's you're right. Like I think our listeners care a lot about this stuff, and I, I kind of care a lot about it. Like if somebody changes teams, Legarius Sneed, we haven't done that yet today. What happened with him? So like this stuff matters. You just are like it's kind of like a point spread market too, where you just go, all right, that guy's out. Like so. Like, so what, I guess, a little bit? And with win totals, it's no different. Yeah, like, uh, you know, unless it's a quarterback, giant offensive skill position player, edge rusher, you know, Jalen Ramsey-type corner. Like, these are, okay, great. You know, like, you know, left tackle when the team had a terrible offensive line. Sure, maybe they move the needle. Everybody else, and even some of those guys that I mentioned, like, you know, if the Ravens were 11 and they lost some of those guys, it's probably still 11. Uh, It's Lamar and it's Harbaugh and it's what they were last year. We don't have a ton of time left this hour, um, so we could do a little bit on the Jarius Need news here, which is yeah, the Chiefs good. will franchise tag him, try to work out a long-term deal, but they're giving Snead and his camp permission to seek a trade. Um, if this were any other team, I'd be like, wow, this is a devastating blow potentially. It's Kansas City. Great. So they'll they, they'll they'll trade Snead for like a first-round pick and maybe something else. Brett Veach has been one of the great drafters of all time so far in his tenure as Chiefs general manager. They'll draft someone else. That player will be really good. And they also they have Mahomes, and if the player's bad, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't It doesn't even matter, right? Who cares? They still I mean, it matters. 15. 
it just doesn't matter in a betting market, I guess, would be like the right way to think about it, probably. I don't think it'll matter in a betting market, but uh, I don't know. We'll just, we're just going to kind of have to wait and see. Like if they lost both, if, if they, if, I would have been curious to see the run out of like Jones and Sneed both gone. What, like, is it less than we think? Like, do people not think the Chiefs will win the division next year? Um, they just feel so bulletproof right now after they after they won with the team they won with last year, especially. All right, final hour, power hour coming up next. Head on over to Twitch, twitch.tv backslash BetQL. We'll do more teams from the AFC North and eight buckets. We'll start with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And we'll give you all our bets coming up for tonight in the NHL, college hoops, and the NBA.